Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the entrepreneurs, business executives, and community leaders, sparking the rise of the greater Bentonville area, which represents one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities and economies in the United States, and is nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. I'm your host, James Bell, and today I am thrilled to share the studio with Mark Bray, who is the founder and owner of Airship Coffee. So hold on to your mugs, folks, because Mark isn't just a great cup of coffee. He's creating destinations. And at each location of Airship Coffee, Mark is swapping the conventional for the exceptional, turning the coffee shop into a community hub and making each visit a memorable experience. Mark's world is where precision and coffee brewing meets the pulse of Bentonville life, where every new cafe represents a surprising new adventure. So fill up your cup for a journey of a guy who's making coffee more than a beverage, but a beacon sharing the culture of Bentonville. Mark, welcome to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. Thanks, James. I'm glad to be here. Well, as we start brewing up this conversation, will you share with the Bentonville Beacon audience what they should know about you? Um, well, I'm fortunate to be married to my best friend, and we have seven kids together, and we absolutely love living in here in Bentonville. Seven kids. We're working on number two. Yeah. <laughs> we started later. Um, yeah. We're, we're working on number two. I don't know if I've told you coming in December. Congratulations. So, thank you. It's exciting. That's, that's pretty wild. Seven kids. Cool. Uh, could you talk about your history uh, that led to Airship Coffee and uh, what inspired you to make your switch from stonemasonry and pizza to coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Well, really the Stonemasonry was something I was doing to uh, put my wife through college, put her through nursing school. And um, I've always been a very creative person. I enjoyed making things with my hands and stonemasonry gave me a creative outlet for that. But as you can imagine, it's also heavy. So I knew that that probably wouldn't be sustainable for the long term. Um, so yeah, I was laying stone and then throwing pizzas late at night. And those were the days when you could do that sort of thing and get up the next morning and do it again. Right. Um, but yeah, that was, um, really my wife and I are a true partnership and we've traded off. And so I worked while she finished school. And then when she got done, uh, she went to work and I went back to school for uh, horticulture to get my master's degree at the University of Arkansas. And so it was kind of a stopgap there. But that work um, led to the opportunity to work with coffee growers in Central America. So um, went through grad school, got the degree in horticulture and then um, had the opportunity to go do some sustainable agriculture down in the mountains of Honduras. And um, we were working with some indigenous communities up in some really hard to reach places. 
And the, the work there was focused on uh, sustainable food production. Um, but we quickly realized that their greatest challenge was actually market access. So kind of shifted my focus at that time. And that was, I mean, same time I was starting a new job with a university right out of grad school, then had this, this international kind of sustainable development project going on. And so I, I went on to work as an agricultural extension agent here in Bentonville for about seven years um, after graduating with the horticulture degree. Oh, wow. That's pretty neat. Those are some cool experiences. Yeah, it was great. So my job here locally was working with local farmers, okay. helping them solve problems in the field and, you know, working with market farmers, improve their crop, solve pest and disease problems, things like that. So I was fortunate enough to be able to do that kind of work with coffee growers alongside that job. And then eventually that became a business where uh, you know, initially it wasn't even focused on coffee shops at all. Sure. The idea was build an importing company and help these farmers get their raw material out of the mountains onto a boat and over to the market. And so that was the initial challenge that I took on was more of supply chain development than even agricultural development. Okay. Well, and, and in a great town with a, a lot of smart supply chain leaders. So yeah, totally. <laughs> folks to lean into and learn from. But uh, so you were compelled to start Airship Coffee right here in Bentonville. And you have now four distinct locations. Um, and each of those cafes, I think, adds a unique flavor to Bentonville. Will you talk about what compelled you to start here in Bentonville and about those four locations and, and how they uh, are part of this fabric of the community? Sure. So, um, you know, everything that is good in my life has come from some relationship that I have with somebody else most of the time. And I, I was given an opportunity to uh, put a coffee roaster in a local restaurant back in 2009, 2010. Mm -hmm. And few people might remember World Garden, which was a restaurant on uh, South Walton Boulevard. And at the time, um, I was just kind of getting started. I had imported green coffee um, out of Central America. My friend who was opening the restaurant knew that I was knowledgeable about coffee. And so he came to me for some help. We struck a deal and I started roasting coffee at that point. So that was a wholesale business. And, you know, it's like when you start a wholesale business, you don't really need a brand like you're going to make this product, you're going to hand it off to somebody. And then the end user is seldom going to even know what, where that coffee came from. Right. And so we did that for a long time and that worked really well alongside the day job. But eventually, if you want to be competitive, people need to know what it is you do sure. and, and they need to understand all the work that's going into this product so that they have a, a real appreciation for it. So that was when we started to develop our first cafe in 2018, and that was over on Fifth Street. And, you know, our idea around cafes is like, it's not just a product that we're designing, it's an experience, and it's a place. And so there's, there's the product that we associate with each one of our locations, and each one has a unique offering as well. But then there's the identity of that place. And the... The Fifth Street location was literally a tasting room off the end of our roastery. And so it's become a place to 
fill your whole being, you know, like get your canister filled, buy a bag. And that's just, that is the identity of that place. We just sell a tremendous amount of whole bean coffee to people that want to brew a quality coffee at home. So that, that has come about, but it was meant to be like a community spot, a little neighborhood spot. When we opened it, there wasn't a momentary yet down the street. There wasn't a blue seafood fish market. There wasn't a um, meteor coffee shop. Yeah. So, and, and so we opened up and then Fifth Street just came alive. And so we were like, wow, this was great timing. People liked what we did. And so then we thought, well, you know, we might want to do this again. And, uh, and so we had Fifth Street going and the, the community appreciated what it was and what it was doing. And then the opportunity to do Kohler came about. And that was something that was completely unique. Um, if you want to talk about the product, it's like, well, it's coffee in the woods, right? Mm -hmm. And that's unique in and of itself. But then the place is something completely different from any coffee shop that I've ever experienced. And we were trying to kind of flip that idea on its head of what you normally think of about, you know, go drink coffee and fuel your work or, you know, get energized by your cup of coffee or whatever. And this was more about you know, take a rest, come out to the woods, relax, have a cup of coffee, uh, enjoy the scenery. And um, so Kohler is a place where you can't drive your car to. You've got to walk or ride your bike to get there. And, um, you know, that was one of those things where you're like, is this going to work? <laughs> no idea. But we got it open and sure enough, it did. So again, it's like, what's the, what's the idea? Is it, just serving a product or no? Or is it like tailoring a, a space to the micro community where it's located? Um, our next location that we opened was Ledger. And um, the Ledger building was by design meant to fuel your work. And so, you know, we have healthy options like smoothies and salads and things like that, but also the full beverage bar. And you can take a break from your desk, come down, have a drink and get refueled, you know? So, um, so that identity has really developed too over the last year since we've been open as a place for not just the people who work there, but the neighborhood around it. And so people are coming in and enjoying the space. There's lots of great seating there. Um, and so, so again, it's like, what do you want people to experience when they come to a place? Um, and then our fourth location that we've opened here in Bentonville is Airship at the Pump House. And that place is, it has his, historical significance. Um, that building was the original uh, water treatment facility here in Bentonville, built in 1954. And um, we really love the character of that location. It feels and looks like a park. Um, and we really like this idea of putting a coffee shop in a neighborhood. Um, we didn't have that yet here in Bentonville mm -hmm. where a shop kind of branches out away from say the commercial districts that we have in, in, in Bentonville. And, and so this one's nestled into a neighborhood. So it feels very neighborly, very comfortable. And this is the place where your friends hang out, you know? And, um, so, so I guess, you know, with each place, we ask ourselves a question, how do we want people to feel when they're in the space? And if we answer that question successfully, then they should never even know what it is that we're doing with the design of the space. They just enjoy it. 
for what it is. That's neat. Well, I can tell you how I feel in each of those spaces. How's that? Um, you know, uh, working backwards from the last one, the, the pump house, um, I do feel that, that homey feel when I go in there. And in fact, if I know somebody lives close to there, more often than not, I'm just asking them to meet me there because I know they can just walk over from their house or yeah. maybe they're uh, headed back that way to, to go home uh, dur- during the day. But I love going over there and, and sitting and, and, and watching people and, and just it's a comfortable place to be. Um, Fifth Street is right near our office. I can just walk over uh, anytime. And I love the, the, I do love the coziness of the place and also the outside. I don't think you mentioned the, the outside uh, seating area when the weather's nice. That's really uh, great to hang out in. Um, Kohler is the place where I take everybody <laughs> when they come to town to visit because it's such a surprising place that you can only get to it by bike or by foot. Um, that is a really uh, neat location. You're right. It's just relaxing. It's not how you usually think of. I don't think of, I don't think of coffee that way. I think of it as a place I'm going to go to. I'm going to get some work done. I'm going to meet with folks there. I'm going to connect with people. But I don't think necessarily about just kicking back and relaxing. And that's a neat experience in the outdoors. And then Ledger is I feel like I can go there and meet anybody in town <laughs> because yeah. that location is just the crossroads for has become the crossroads for everything here. And a real hub. So it's a hub and a hub. It really is. Yeah. I have a meeting there right after this, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, that is the place uh, where I go also when there's somebody I'm trying to uh, catch up with that I haven't been able to catch up with because I know they'll be there at some point. Um, Let's talk about uh, Bentonville a little bit more. Uh, Mark, Bentonville is this hub of innovation and and, and entrepreneurship. how do the characteristics of the city, these characteristics of the city then influence uh, your business at Airship Coffee? Yeah, um, that's a that's a really interesting question because there's an element of our culture um, at Airship that's based on the identity of all the individuals that make up our com- community there internally, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe that innovation only occurs when people are really hitting the sweet spot when they're doing the thing that they were meant to do. You know, have you ever, have you ever sat here doing a podcast and just thought to yourself, man, this is what I was meant to do. Sometimes. You feel like you're in the moment, you're doing what you're supposed to do and it comes natural to you. And so my job in the business is to understand what, it, what that is for each person. And we're trying to create a culture where that can come to life in the business and then people are able to contribute in the community in that way. So it's, it's really hard to put your finger on at times, but when you work with people day in and day out, you get to understand what their strengths are. But it's this idea that if we're all hitting on all cylinders creatively, if we're all doing the things that we were meant to do, then innovation is going to happen and it's going to start clicking and the problems that we're facing are going to be solved. We're going to have the solutions that we need to advance. And I, I don't see us doing it any other way, you know, on our own. So we need the community of people to accomplish our goals. And so we just try to get pointed in one direction, get everybody pointed that way, but then contributing in their own unique ways. I love that. It, it, and it feels like Bentonville is a place where people more often than not do come here to do what they were meant to do. And so it's it's a great fit. 
Um, you're exactly right. Uh, that's, that is where all the innovation happens. Um, nicely put. Uh, you know, community collaboration um, often leads to success in a business. Uh, we talk about how Airship, um, you know, what local initiatives and partnerships Airship's been involved in in Bentonville. Yeah, you know, lately we're, um, we've become very involved with the Bentonville Moves Coalition. And I currently chair the uh, local business committee in that uh, grassroots organization. And, you know, the Bentonville Moves Coalition is making a push to create the safest city uh, that we possibly can within a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. So by 2027, you know, we're talking about having protected bike lanes throughout the city and, and the ability to travel without a vehicle, you know, um, with ease and with confidence that you're going to be safe doing it. Uh, that is very important to me. I, um, I have a, a experience. One of my kids, this is not a bad story, by the way. He, oh, good. <laughs> he's okay. But he was hit by a car when he was 13, um, riding his bike to the community center to do a workout. And, you know, and ironically, it was right at Northwest Third Street, where if you're familiar, we have a protected bike lane now. That's right. And so he was right there crossing and the, the driver didn't look. And they just kept going and popped him, you know, and he's fine. He's okay. But that was a scary moment. Sure. And, you know, so it's just like, well, what are we doing to solve for that? So that, you know, a 14-year-old kid can ride to the community center and not have to be concerned about getting run over. So um, that's something that I'm personally invested in. And we want to leverage our business to help tell that story, help get the word out, help encourage other businesses to jump on board and understand the importance of uh, creating a safe, safe city. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that work. Um, you know, we had Scott Fitzgerald from Buddy Pegs on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he leaned into a quote that I, I thought we should just throw Bentonville Moose Coalition on there as, as, as the brand. And it could be like one of the things that they broadcast the world, what they're doing, because he started talking about exactly this. He says that we're the mountain biking capital of the world looks like we're becoming the cycling center of the world and that uh, you have to have um, a safe place to ride. We have hundreds of miles of trails and now it's this next natural step to make our roads really safe. It's an odd thing because frankly, I feel like this is the safest place to ride a bike already, um, but there's still human error that happens and so on. One of the things I really like about this community is there's so many cyclists here that more often than not, somebody driving a car is also a cyclist. And, yeah. and this relationship between the two, I've not seen anywhere else. In other yep. places, I see cars sliding over a little close to the cyclist because they're just tired of them. Or, or I see cyclists having an antagonistic relationship with cars. And I don't see that at all here. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I love the direction we're going to make it safer. I agree. I, I've experienced that in a few other towns, mm -hmm. Aspen, Colorado, for instance, like the cars will just create space yeah. for pedestrians. Right. And I just remember feeling like, or thinking, wow, that's amazing. I want to live in a place like that, yeah. you know, and I think we do and it's getting more and more, but you have to be intentional about how you go about yep. creating that culture and also creating the infrastructure to facilitate that culture. So that's something that I think is worthwhile. And 
because we have these four cafes that mm-hmm. are, you know, all within the downtown area, we have a lot of people that want to walk and ride their bikes to those locations. And so it just makes sense for us to, to invest there. Perfect. Will you tell me a story? And we'll call this a hashtag because Bentonville story. Uh, something where you look back at it and you think, gee, I think that could only happen in Bentonville. Or maybe it describes the essence of the place. Hmm. That's a good one. I got lots of stories. I, I imagine. <laughs> but, um, how about, how about tell the, as many as you want? <laughs> how about, all right, we'll tell the origin story for Pump House. And, okay. Um, that one's kind of interesting. And I don't think a lot of people know the backstory of it. Um, so it's been over five years ago, but I, I live nearby. I live four blocks from that location. Um, as I mentioned, it's the original water treatment facility. So this was municipal property, um, originally. And I've always driven by that building and thought, man, what a cool coffee shop that would be. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and I've been to other bigger cities where they have neighborhood coffee shops and it's just a vibe. Right. And so, um, one day is about five years ago, um, one of the uh, owners came to me and said, of the owners of the property said, what do you think about a coffee shop here? And I was like, <laughs> I've been thinking about that for years, you know, that sounds awesome. And so uh, we went and talked to the city and, and the city said, no, we've, we've got areas designated for commercial activity. We've got downtown, we've got the market district, you know, we've, we've got 8th Street and that, you know, we've got designated commercial places. That's a neighborhood. We don't, we don't need to rezone that. It was going to require a rezone. So I was like, oh, shoot. You know, I was like, that would have been great. So sort of like backpedaled a little bit, took my foot off of that, off the gas on that one. And a couple of years went by and um, I just couldn't get it out of my head, you know? And so I called up the owner and I said, is this, what's going on here? What, mm-hmm. What's happening with this property? It's still just there. I think it was being used as basically storage for some bike nonprofits around town, you know? And, um, so I, I just said, what's going on with this? And, and they're like, well, nothing city won't let us rezone it. Um, just sitting there. And I said, well, do you care if I take a shot at it? And they're like, go for it, you know, best of luck. And so, um, so I called up the, one of the senior planners, um, down at the city of Bentonville, got a meeting, I, I put my ideas together. I went into his office and I started my pitch, right? I was like, you know, here's what we need to do. We need this coffee shop. It's in this, right here in this neighborhood. And, and he was like, no, no, we're not doing that. Like, it's not going to work. We'd have to rezone it. And, you know, we and gave, gave me the whole spiel again about mm-hmm. we've got places for that. And then I, I don't know how to describe this other than I just heard in my mind, shut up. Just be quiet and sit there. And so I did. And he kept talking. And he said, he just kept, he said, well, last week I was up in Madison, Wisconsin, and I was there for a conference. And I stayed at this Airbnb and I was in this cool neighborhood right there in town. And the next morning I got up and there was this cool coffee shop right there in the neighborhood. And then and then after the conference, I stopped in there and I had a beer before I went back to my my Airbnb. You know, and he was like, it seemed like cheers or something all the locals were there it was just the coolest place. and i just was sitting there going and so he kept talking he kept describing the vibe you know and the experience that he'd had and he he finally stopped and i said well you know john that might just work and he said you know i think it might 
And so he said, why don't you put your plan together and come talk to planning commission? And so I did. And unanimously planning commission was like, yeah, I think it's time. This makes sense. Um, let's push the boundaries a little bit on commercial activity. We'll give you a conditional use permit to rezone it and um, give it a whirl. So that's how that became a thing, you know? And to me, what that represents is good common sense Mm -hmm. at the right time. And it it wasn't one of those situations where the authorities that be in the city in this situation would just said no and just kept saying no. No, they recognized like, oh, this is going to create benefit. This is going to add value in the community. Uh, Why would we not do it? That's what we're here trying to do is make Benville a better place to live, you know? And to me, that really captures um, something very unique to Bentonville is there's not a big us-them mentality. There's support coming from all angles. If you've got a good idea, you're interested to put some hard work into it and make it go, you know, there's support there. And so anyway, I just think that having uh, the city realize that is key at the right time. I'm mm-hmm. sure they say no all day long for a number of reasons that are very important, right? But they realized this was a yes. And uh, so I just think that that's really cool to live in a place where people have the presence of mind to understand not just where you're at, but also where you're going. And I do too. I, I think it's really cool. I, I get to watch some things play out, you know, through planning department of the planning commissionism, especially as I'm watching the planning commission meetings and I like how reasonable people are yeah, here. Absolutely. Right. And as I think you said common sense. It's just, it makes sense. Why not try it? I, I love that the answer might be no, not right now, but it's not no forever. It's let's figure it out. I also like that the uh, the planning department guy um, that you were talking to uh, talked himself into it. Oh, he had a great <laughs> idea. I've, I learned a technique in my sales days called golden silence. And I would say that's exactly what you employed. Yeah. If you wait long enough, they'll come around. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like you kind of answered that question, but maybe you have some more for the next question, but maybe you have some more flavor to it. Uh, it's uh, what's the most surprising thing that uh, the most surprising way Bentonville has influenced airship coffee. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I think the biggest thing is that I mentioned this before, that when I started this company, it was originally meant to be a green coffee importing company. Mm -hmm. And green coffee importing companies don't require a lot of people management. Sure. They don't require a lot of overhead. It's like you, a laptop, and, you know, then you can do your job. You can move freight across the world. Uh And that was the vision. That was the plan. Simple, right? Really neat and tidy business. And, um, and so I, I had no imagination for managing 72 employees, which is what we currently do. And now I think that that's my favorite part of the business. And so I think that living here in Benville conditioned me for community. And I think that it enabled me to really care more about what the potential of all the people is versus just what I could gain from doing commercial activity. 
right? And and so I think that's a big surprise because I wasn't planning for it. It was one of those things like, well, it just sort of evolved and adapted. But now I find myself learning all these new things about managing people. And I'm fascinated by it. Like people are the most unpredictable <laughs> things on the planet. Yes, they are. <laughs> you know? It's like, how do you manage that? So if you want a great challenge, this is a area to move into. And uh, we have amazing people that work with us and they're committed to the dream, but it's just like, still there's it's a lot of dynamic personalities and things happening. And so I, I've learned to appreciate that in a new way that I never thought I would. And um, that's a big surprise. Yeah. If you want total chaos in your life, manage people. Uh, <laughs> you're exactly right. Like people are, um, I've seen a lot of plans go haywire or very well because of people um, and and both with the plan. Yeah. And it just yeah. got better sometimes. And um, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, it's like you see the progress that we're making here in Benville mm -hmm. as a town. And it's like, well, okay. And that doesn't happen without all these different yeah. entities working together. And, and it's the same in a business, even a small business, like each part of that business has to do their job and do it well. And, um, so I think that's, that's, that's the idea. And I think like, I continually repeat this sort of value to our, our team is like, if you do the best that you possibly can with what's in front of you right now, then more opportunities are going to be afforded to you. And it's just, it's just a real simple kind of rule of life, you know, where, um, people ask often in interviews, they'll ask, um, is there upward mobility? Is there ways to advance my career here? Like, you know, and those, and it's a small business. It's, yeah. Even at 72 people, it's a small business. And, and that's challenging for a small business that's growing to retain great employees and to create all these employee benefits and things like that. Um, and I just tell them like, well, opportunity is what is coming your way when you do the best you can with what's in front of you. And I think Benville's doing that now. So I just, I like to think that that's something we do in our business as well. Perfect. Um, you know, this, as we roll into the last chapter of the podcast, if you will, uh, this next section, um, I'm going to ask you a couple of sort of lighthearted, I like to call them whimsical questions that get into your head a little bit so we can understand your personality, the way you think more. Uh, and then also some advice questions, and then we'll wrap up with, you know, how folks can uh, reach you. So the first lighthearted question, um, if you could invite any historical figure to be an airship barista for a day, um, who would it be and why? You know, I think I'd go with Dr. Neil Compton. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Dr. Compton and... I know, I know who he is, so but I don't know a lot about it. His, his legacy here in Bentonville is rich and deep and his influence, uh, with, uh, Buffalo river yeah. becoming a national river is very, very significant. And I spent some time in college working for the national park service and, uh, I had the coolest job ever. I don't know why I didn't just stick with it, but they paid me to hike from one end of the river to the other and oh, neat. count wildflowers. So, um, I have a connection there. And uh, so I really appreciate the, the significance that, of his, his legacy here in Bentonville. And I think it'd be super fun 
to see Dr. Compton behind bar in his red fedora slinging lattes. <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, I think as a customer, I'd love to talk with him about. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I, I spent, um, my dad grew up in north central Arkansas, so I spent quite a bit of time on that river. Um, we would sometimes go to St. Joe right off the interstate, but more often than not, we would go to Hasty. You know where Hasty is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was upset to learn that they built a real bridge instead of a, a low water bridge there uh, because I was telling people to get to my grandmother's house. You had to go through the river and through the woods. <laughs> uh, but had a great time uh, on that river and, and um, really thankful for uh, his work in that way. Uh if you were to express your personality as a, a coffee blend, what would you name it? And Mark, what would the tasty notes say? Um, well, my, you know, just off the tail end of our previous thread, um, we have Buffalo blend mm -hmm. and, and uh, we like to describe it as a crowd pleaser. Mm -hmm. um, it's non-polarizing, it's sweet and balanced. And so and really good. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that it's a conversion coffee. Like a lot of people like it that might like a lot of different types of coffees. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I think my my Enneagram is nine. I don't know if you're okay. familiar with yeah, the yeah. with the Enneagram, but but it's like I can kind of go wherever I need to go and do what I need. You know, it's like the 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 nine has that uh, ability to um just I think they call it shapeshift almost, but it's like you can integrate wherever you need to, right? Yeah. And and so the Buffalo blend does that really well. And it just is like it's at home wherever it's at. Neat. Um, let's do advice questions. Okay. Uh, Mark, thinking about your journey, reflecting on it, what advice would you give someone uh, aiming to leave a positive mark on their community through their business? Yeah, that one touches on something we talked about earlier as well. But to me, I mean, no progress is made without really healthy relationships. And to me, it's like you have to be intentional about investing in relationships. But one of the easiest ways you can do that is just be consistent with your word and action over time. And if you're trying to build something, um, you're going to need help and you're going to need help in ways you have no idea. Right. And, and that help's going to come from unsuspecting sources that you mm -hmm. weren't planning to tap. And, and, and so just being consistent in your word and action is going to provide you with access to help that you're going to need. And, and so I just think always being open to receive that help as well is really key. Like, you know, one of the, I think one of the characteristics of a lot of entrepreneurs is they have ambition and they're mm. driven and they know how to get things done. Right. And, and so their tendency is to um, figure it out and do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. That kind of go get it can do yeah. attitude. Right. And that's powerful and it takes you a long way, but it only takes you so far. And to get where you really want to go, you're going to have to accept help from others. That is so true. I, I'm ashamed to say it took me a lot longer in life than it should have to figure that part out about uh, accepting help. Um, in, in many ways for, 
you know, most of my adult career that I feel like of uh, time, I felt like being consistent has been important to me. And I'll tell you, being consistent can sometimes be frustrating because you can be consistent over a short period. Well, if you're being consistent, you're always there, right? But sometimes that consistency, you just have to be patient with it mm. over a course of years to get to where it is uh, that you want to go. And once you break that inconsistency, many times that's where your goal that you have fails. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so it's, it's kind of, in some ways it's outweighing people, <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in other ways, it's just staying on target until the right person comes along, uh, because, you know, the, the, the help part of it is part of that too. It really matters. I think patience is something you just touched on too, yeah. is super important just because like timing mm -hmm. is very valuable. Um, when we started our business, it was a, you know, it was like I had a day job and we started this thing on the side and it was roasting coffee at night, delivering it on my lunch break, you know, to local customers. And it was a slow build mm -hmm. because I wanted to test it and I wanted to know, is there, is there really something here? Um, and I, and it wasn't one of those situations where somebody said, look, I've got a blank check. You've got a good idea. Let's go do this. It wasn't, there was no investment vehicle behind me at the time. Yeah. And there still isn't. And if you want to build something meaningful and you want to build it your way, it's going to take patience. And, you know, that was 2009, 2010. And, you know, Table Mesa was the first, um, restaurant to land on the square mm -hmm. in downtown Bentonville in about 2010. And I remember meeting Carl and uh, Lindy, his wife, and hearing their story about how they landed here, which is really cool. If you ever get a chance to talk to Carl, you should ask him about it. Um, but yeah, so it was like, that's 2010, man. This is like 13 years later. And, you know, we're still in the building process of yeah. a business. It it wasn't fast. It it took a lot of patience um, to get a foothold and then to have some success. Um, and so like you said, patience but consistency at the same time. And we needed we needed to wait because the market wasn't really there mm -hmm. in 2010. Like there was energy and there was talk and there was like, you know, it was exciting time because new things were happening and the Crystal Bridges Museum was, you know, being built and everything was coming on, but it was a little tempting to kind of try to go fast at that point. And we just waited and we knew we needed more people in the town to mm -hmm. sustain coffee shop businesses. So um, that's, that's key is, is, is being sensitive to the timing for what it is you're trying to do. Yeah. I just had a conversation with an entrepreneur this morning, that exact topic came up, um, they may have to reconfigure some things. Uh, and as a result, it could significantly slow them down, but I think it'll help them build a, a better business in doing so. Um, you know, as you steer airship into the future, um, what new adventures or expansions are on the horizon that you can talk about? Well, it's pretty exciting for me personally. So I talked a little bit about my agricultural background. Mm -hmm. And early on, I did a lot of work on coffee farms. Well, for the last 10 years doing 
different types of development at the farm level. And I get really excited. There's been a few moments where I was on a farm doing work and had that feeling of like, man, this is where I was meant to be, right? Sure. But to facilitate that, I needed a business that would provide me the vehicle to be able to do that work. And and so we've been in the build mode for the last four years mm-hmm. to get that foundation so that um, I could honestly go do the really fun stuff that I'm interested in. And so we have some projects on the horizon that get us back on the farm and and get us working hand in hand with coffee producers to innovate flavor at the farm level. Um, there's a lot of things that have changed in the last even five years with regards to the way coffee's fermented on the farm um, and how that affects flavor. And that's something I'm really fascinated by. So I'm excited because we've got this foundation of a business that is cash flowing and sustainable that then allows me to invest in those communities that was the original driver for the, the business to begin with. So it's kind of a full circle time and that's really cool. Um, but also just having that uh, foundation and then an understanding of how to operate mm-hmm. these retail businesses is is comforting because, you know, four years of that, we've learned a few things and we understand what it takes to open more. And we have lots of people wanting us to do that. And there's yeah. there's interesting places, but that's the key for us is, is, is it an interesting place where we feel like people will be drawn to it? And, and is it unique enough? And there just happens to be one, maybe two that are. So cool. we're, we're scratching around on that right now as well. So Cool. I can think of, um, we'll, we'll talk sometime about, about when I have in mind. I don't have a specific place, but I have a specific community okay. in mind that's hungry for a coffee shop nearby. Uh, we'll talk about that. Um, as we come to the end of our chat, um, how can our audience reach you or get to know more about Airship Coffee and keep up with what's happening? I, easiest place is uh, Instagram, obviously. Uh, and then also um, sign up for our newsletter via the website. Um, and then we'll send you emails that you will appreciate and enjoy instead of the ones you don't. So mm-hmm. we, we don't spam you. We don't bombard you uh, with product or specials or any of that. But when there is something interesting, we do share it. And so that's a good place. If you could somehow send free coffee through email, you could bombard me with that all day long. <laughs> right. I'd be okay with it. And speaking of which, you gave me some coffee yeah. um, as, as you're coming in here. So thank you for yeah, that. I can't wait, to, can't wait to drink it. Um, we're working on a, uh, a system of pipes throughout town that would just deliver the liquid straight to your house. Lovely. So yeah, we've got the pump house <laughs> and we're just going to put coffee in the old pipe. And send it straight to your kitchen. So. <laughs> that would be that would be quite brilliant. Um, if I could just have a drone that had maybe an IV of coffee uh, on board. Actually, I like the taste of coffee, so I like it into my mouth. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm about a cup every 90 minutes kind of guy. <laughs> right on. Um, I don't um, uh, apparently uh, don't uh, metabolize caffeine very mm. well. So I go late into the day and sleep like a baby. Wow. You're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> I, I feel like it. Um, what's something I should have asked you that I did not ask? That's your last question. Mm. Um, why are you focused only on Bentonville? 
Yeah, Mark, why are you focused only on Bentonville? <laughs> um, it's a philosophy that's based on cultural management within proximity. So our idea is that if our cafes are close together, then we can have cultural influence over each one of them much more easily than we would if they were spread out. And so far, like the rule has been, if I can't ride my bike there in 10 minutes from any one of those locations, then I'm not interested in it. So, nice. so you'll have to tell me about your spot, but uh, if I can't get there, it, it's really not within 10 minutes on a bike. <laughs> so really fast e-bike, maybe? No. Maybe. <laughs> right. Right. Maybe. Well, <laughs> anyway, faster. the idea there is though that like that we know each other and we know the people yeah. that work there. And there's some solid research that shows that you can't keep up. One person can't keep up with more than about 100, 120 relationships. That's right. Like interpersonally. And that's kind of the max for us on cafe development because I... I want to know your name if you work with us. Yeah. I want to understand what your needs are because if I don't, how am I going to help? And how are you going to help? And how's it going to actually be a community? So that's our idea. Um, and we chose Bentonville for that because we live here, <laughs> raise our family here, and this is home. And it happens to have amazing potential for growth at the same time. That is, that is perfect. Perfectly well said. Well, uh, Mark, thanks for taking us behind the scenes at, at Airship and for sharing your passion with the uh, Bentonville Beacon audience. Um, I, your journey, we talked about from stonemasonry to uh, crafting really Bentonville's most unique coffee destinations, I think is really cool. And I thank you for bringing us these, these community hubs and these destinations where people get to feel amazing. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for getting the word out. Yeah, anytime. Well, you know, to our dedicated Bentonville Beacon audience, uh, your enthusiasm and your support have really elevated this podcast. Uh, your commitment keeps our community stories brewing. And as we approach our 100th episode, it's clear that your taste for inspiring tales is just as discerning as your taste in coffee. So could you share this episode with others, uh, pass on Mark's story and the spirit of Airship Coffee to the folks in your circle, and let's keep that conversation flowing. You can explore all of our episodes at BentonvilleBeacon.com or on your favorite podcast player. And while you're there, don't forget to hit that subscribe button for your regular fix of Greater Bentonville's Best. So until next time, stay grounded and keep savoring the stories that make Greater Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas a place where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. We'll see you next time.